The broadcast you're about to hear was made possible because somewhere a radio friend made the choice to give. You too can become a radio friend to someone in need of an encouraging word right now. Just visit walkwiththeking.org and click the donate button. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friend. How in the world are you? Well, yes, this is your friend Dr. Cook, and I'm speaking with you, as usual, from the little room at the end of the hall on the second floor of the big white house. Campus is lovely just now. The trees have put on their their new clothing, and uh, the flowers are out, and the birds are singing, and it's just beautiful. I'm grateful for the privilege of living in a nice, beautiful setting, although I have lived in places where if you looked out the window, you'd see a brick wall. 12 inches away from you. And you had to create then the scenery that you needed in your own mind. You can have peace and contentment no matter whether you're looking at a beautiful tree or at a brick wall. You can have peace and contentment in your heart. Many of you know that truth. I don't have to tell you. Because the Lord Jesus makes all the difference, doesn't he? Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. I can remember looking out a a, a grimy smoke smoke begrimed window of the little basement flat uh, that we lived in in Cleveland, Ohio. As a boy of, I would suppose, maybe five or six or seven around in there, I'd look out that kitchen window. My job was to was to do the dishes. Everybody had to work at our house, and I had to do the dishes. I was too short at that time to reach the sink, so I had a little box that I could stand upon. And then I'd stand on that box and put the water in the sink and wash the dishes and scrub the pots and pans. The one job I hated was to scrub the oatmeal pan. It always stuck on the bottom, and I just hated that with all my soul. (laughs) Still do, as a matter of fact. (laughs) But I remember looking out the window and seeing a a tree. We call it a sumac tree. I don't know if that's the right name for it. It's a tree that puts out tiny little fronds of, of branches with leaves on them, and it turns bright red in the fall. Is that the right name for it? In any case, it's a hardy tree that will grow anywhere. And there was one such little tree that grew in the in the hard, gravelly, uh, tin can-filled soil of the parking lot next door. There it had sprouted, and it grew up just inches away from the window, and I would look out, and I'd see those leaves. I'd see that brave little tree, and my, to my boy mind, that was the prettiest thing in the world. I remember just pausing and looking out there and thinking to myself, isn't that pretty? The way that little tree is there and the way those leaves are waving in the breeze. And to me, that was a pretty sight. Well, it was an ugly sight, actually. It was a city parking lot full of junk, and there was a garage next door, and all of their spare parts had been dumped out on the ground there and were lying about. As a matter of fact, I played among them and got my liking for, for things mechanical, I suppose, at that point. But that was beautiful. All of this to say, if your heart is full of the joy of the Lord and full of love for Jesus, it doesn't matter what the scenery is, as long as you've got the scenery of heaven in your heart. Amen? Well, that was four minutes of nostalgia, but you don't mind, do you? I don't, anyway. Look at Romans 14. We've been talking about the fact that some people are weak in the faith and need to be built up. And Paul said, follow, just pursue the things that will make for peace and the things that will build the other person up and encourage him. Now, he goes on in verse 20 to say, 
for meat. Now that, that word meat in, includes all of the things you do to please yourself. That's food and beverage and rest and uh, recreation and all the rest. It's the things that are good and permissible, but concerning which, from time to time and in different cultures and countries, there may be some question. You follow me? For permissible things that you think you can do without feeling guilty, you can put it that way, for permissible things that you think you can do without feeling guilty, please, he says, don't destroy the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eateth with offense. If you got a conscience on it, don't touch it. If your conscience hurts you on something, far better for you to leave it alone. That's what Paul is saying. It is good. Now here's the point. It is good neither to eat flesh nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is, now here's the Here's the key to it, or is made weak. Remember the chapter started by saying, him that is weak in the faith. You receive him, open your heart to him, don't argue with him. Now he says, don't do anything that's going to make a person weak. What makes people weak? To stumble them or to offend them. How do you stumble a person? Anything, he says, whereby thy brother stumbleth. Well, that means that, that something that you and I may have said or done causes this person to stumble in his Christian life and fall into failure of some sort or other. I, I knew of a young man who uh, was uh, going home <clears throat> one, uh, late one night from his employment. He was walking home with a friend of his. And uh, this friend suggested that, well, let's have some fun. Let's just throw some stones. Now, this is an insane suggestion, as everyone recognizes. But the young man went along with it, and uh, you guessed it. They both got into trouble. Well, now you look back at that and you say, oh, for goodness sake. Now, why did they do that? Well, I don't know why. But I do know that it was the suggestion of one who the suggestion of one person that led the other one to comply and also become a party to the action. Now, that's what I call stumbling a person. You follow me? Something I say helps to make another person comfortable in sin and failure. That is stumbling him. Well, hey, I want to keep away from that, don't you? I don't want anything I say or do to make anybody feel any farther away from God. And I most certainly don't want anything that I say or do to cause anyone to move into any kind of wrongdoing or of grieving the Spirit of God. Let you and I pray that we may be kept from stumbling other people. Now that's one thing that makes folks spiritually weak. What's the other one? He says, stumbling or is offended. It's pretty hard to serve God if your heart is hurting and you're, and, you're, and you're angry and hurt at something that has been done by another Christian. 
So often in the years I was in the pastor, people would say to me, Pastor, you just don't understand. If an unbeliever had done this to me, I wouldn't mind so much, but this was a Christian. I remember years ago, someone was complaining about the fact that they had been cheated out of some thousands of dollars. I think it was something like ten or fifteen or $20,000, whatever it was. It was a huge sum. And always when the subject came up, it would be the same litany of complaint. They'd tell the story, and then they would finish up by saying, and you know, Pastor, we wouldn't mind so much being taken for the money because we'll keep on living somehow. But what we mind is that the person who did it professed to be a Christian. (laughs) Well, that's the problem. And you see, it's pretty hard to grow spiritually if you're angered and hurt by something that was done by a person who claims to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it hurts. We expect people in the world to lie and to cheat and, and to be unfair or to be greedy or to be cruel, or to be thoughtless, or whatever. You expect those things to happen from time to time because the human race is a fallen, sinful human race. And and people uh, are not sinners because they sin. They sin because they're sinners, right? There's something in the human heart that, that produces that. And so you and I, we're not all that surprised when those things happen, as we say, in the world. That is to say, people who don't really know the Lord do things that are wrong. But what really cuts you down and what really upsets you is to have someone who professes to know the Lord Jesus do something that that hurts or that angers or that uh, cheats you or that maligns you or that discourages you. And you think to yourself, my, I didn't expect that from him. Now, you see, that's a tremendous challenge to all of us. It hits me, of course, and it hits you. Because we're human, we very frequently do and say thoughtless things. And what we need, I'm sure, is constantly to be in a spirit of prayer and and, and dependence upon God so that every time we open our mouth, we'll be trusting God to speak through us and to bless others through us. He said, don't do anything that stumbles a person, that is, makes him feel more comfortable in sin, or that offends a person, that is, hurts him to the point where he can't really see by faith, see through to the Lord anymore. Someone told me the other day of a young man who had been to Bible school and who served for a time as an assistant pastor somewhere. And then something happened. We don't really know what it was. No one seems to know what happened, but something happened. And he got deeply hurt in some way. And all of a sudden, resigned his work as an assistant in the church, found secular employment, stopped going to church, refused to speak about spiritual matters. In other words, turned his back completely on the Lord. Well, thank God our Lord isn't done with him yet. That's one thing we can be sure of, isn't it? God isn't done with the young man yet. God will pursue him and God will deal with him and God will bring him back to himself. This we know. But it's a sad thing, isn't it? That somebody did something, what it is we don't know. Somebody did something that so hurt the young man, so offended him, so hurt him, so grieved his spirit that it turned him off of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you say he should have kept his eyes on Christ. I agree. 
but he didn't. And the same is true of many another weak believer. And that's why Paul says, watch out. Do the things that build people up, not make them weaker. Do the things that encourage people, not stumbling them. Do the things that make for peace, not make folk feel turbulent and harassed and upset. Oh, I want that to be my biggest assignment the rest of my life, don't you? Let's you and I be on the lookout for ways that we can encourage folk and help them and strengthen them and build them up in their spiritual life. God bless you. I want that to be true of me. I know that you want it to be true also of you. Dear Father, today, make us encouragers, would you please, so that we'll build other people up. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.